0: Today, if we were to title the message, it would be, don't settle, don't settle, don't settle. Everybody say, don't settle. don't settle. Acts 13, 16. Now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, says he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. Now, David, we know, was a man after God's own heart. And the thing God continues to bring back is the fact that David had a purpose David fulfilled the purpose of God. And the concern that I have is that we think that our purpose is the American dream. The American dream is not God's dream for your life. And it says here that David passed having served God's purpose in his own generation. Look, you're all going to pass. The question is, will you have served your purpose or God's purpose? And your purpose is never just for you and a few select. It's for the generation that God has placed you in. You say, well, I'm insignificant. Yes, you are. I'm insignificant. But God is great God almighty. And if he could find an army of people, significance never comes in and of yourself. It's through the king of glory. God, what do you want me to do? And when he finds someone that fully surrenders their life, Says God, not me, but you. That's when generations are impacted, the nation is impacted. You say, "Well, I don't believe it." Look, Ephesians two ten says, "For you are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works." My question is, whose works are you doing? Look, which God prepared in advance. There was this whole fallacy of you can be anything you want, you can do anything you want, you can't. Not as a believer. No, because if you do it as a believer, then you're saying, I am Lord of my life, I have control. But the moment we gave our lives to Christ, do you remember that day? If you're a believer, you remember that? You were bound up, sin and brokenness and depression. and Some of you were about to commit suicide and families were falling apart and here you are, you're desperate, strung out on drugs. I was strung out on drugs for five days. I was desperate. I'd been in church my whole life. I'd been around the presence of God. I knew how to put on a smile. I knew all the right things to say and yet on the inside I was dying. Strung out on drugs and God came looking for me. Save me. I'll never forget. I said, God. It's in the book. I wrote about it. I had a vision, an open vision. I saw a fork in the road. One was, I, I don't know how I knew it, just it was to heaven. The other was an eternity in hell. And I heard the voice, choose now. Think about this. What other option do we have other than this? you saved me God you surrendered me you surrendered to God yeah, I surrender my life to you I give you everything and here's what happens then has my life been perfect it hasn't been perfect there's been good times and bad times but we got to go back to the day of salvation see we've we've hijacked our, our lives we've taken them back we've stolen them from God we gave them to God and we were Indian givers we said yeah 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 okay nah 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 Colossians 1 for in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. God has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for your life. Let me say it again. God has a purpose for your life, but the devil wants you to get stuck. The devil wants to have you feel stranded like you're without hope that, God, I messed up too bad. Thank God we serve a God of restoration. There is always hope as long as God is involved. And the key that I have found is that the enemy wants you to settle in a place God intended for you to pass through. I remember Phyllis and I, we were headed to the beach. It was a couple of years ago, going to Galveston. She loves the beach, and we're going on a family vacation, and we went a couple of days early so her and I could have some alone time. We left about 2 o'clock and loaded up the trailer, put it on the truck, and attached it, and we're driving down 59 South, headed to Beltway 8, and we had a blowout on the trailer. So we're like, ah, man, and we pull over, and trailers packed, truck is packed. We had to unload things out of the truck because we're looking for the jack. And then realized someone borrowed the jack. So we got all of our stuff on the side of the highway. We look like a bunch of hillbillies just came to town. You know what I mean? And I'm like, man, we got to get this roadside assistance. We call them. They show up. They change the tire, put a spare on. We're like, praise God we're going. It was just four o'clock now. So Plenty of daylight. We're now getting on Beltway, just about 10 miles down the road, and that spare exploded. Just exploded. I'd never seen a tire explode like that. I'm like, my goodness. We're like, no, we're going to have a good attitude. We get over. By now, it's about 5.45 p.m., and we start to make phone calls only to realize <laughs> it was what was it, Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Six o'clock, in one tire shop. They're like, no, sir, we're out. We're gone, we're gone, we're gone, we're gone. And we found one mom and pop's shop that had one tire that would fit, and it was $40. We said yes and amen. We unhitched the trailer, went to the tire shop got the tire, brought it back, called roadside assistance. We get it out of the truck. I was so happy I didn't inspect it. But sure enough, the roadside assistance man gets it there, and he's like, brother, did you see this? I said, see what? He said, see this. I said, see what? See this. And he shows it, and all the inside is exposed. There's wires. He's like, this thing's going to bust when we put it on. I'm like, no wonder it was 40 bucks." Come on, somebody. So we put it on, now we're stuck, and I'm just feeling like, man, this. I'm, I mean, I'm done. Houston's got a lot of nice hotels. Come on, baby, just go ahead and price line something. She said, no, baby, we're going to the beach. And I said, okay, what do we do? She said, we're going to go eat at Papasitas." I said, yes, ma'am, let's go eat at Papa Cita's and let the Lord give us a divine strategy at Papa Cita's. And I'm like, hey, baby, look, let's just go to the hotel. If we get there quick enough, we'd still swim, get in the hot tub, and it's all good. She's like, no, no, no. She starts making phone calls. We found a tire shop that would do mobile tire uh, repair exchange and 24-7, you know, and she calls them. They said, oh, look, we happen to have two tires of what you need. We'll be there in 45 minutes. They come to the parking lot, change it out. Praise God, at midnight, we get to the beach. Come on, somebody. I'm like, we made it. But you know what the Lord spoke to me? You almost settled in a place you were intending to pass through. I wonder how many of you have had some blowouts over the last couple of years. You know, COVID happened and your marriage just blew up. Your family just blew up. Your finances just blew up. You know what I'm talking about. Your mental state just blew up. And then here's the challenge. What we say is we say, oh, no, 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 COVID caused it. No, 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 COVID didn't cause it. COVID exposed it. What I realized now that I didn't know then is that dry rot had taken place in those tires. And here's what was so perplexing. The tires were brand new. But that trailer had been sitting for so long, they had dry rotted. They looked good on the outside, but the strength to carry the heat and the pressure had been eroded. So when heat and pressure were applied, there was an explosion, a blowout. COVID was your heat, your pressure, the blowout. Then what will happen is just like us. You sit on the side of life, highway of life, on the side of the road, and you just say, well, I don't know. Did you try to fix it, and you had another blowout. And then you're like me. You're like, hey, we'll just settle. And God says, don't settle, don't settle, don't settle, don't settle, don't settle. I have called you to keep moving forward. The enemy wants you. Why? See, if it was about you, you could settle. See, settling would have been comfortable, but it wasn't about me. It was about Phyllis, and some of you have settled because it's been about you. But the moment you get your eyes back on God and you say, God, it's all about you. I forgot that for a little bit. Phyllis had to take me to go get some good papacitas and anoint me. Yes, Lord. You and papacitas right now, in Jesus' name, you will see it's not about you. Let's keep moving forward. No blowouts gonna stop. No settle. Talk about two things. There's other reasons, other why, other reasons we would settle. But I think there's two I want to illuminate. I, I talk about them in the book, but 11, Genesis 11 is the story of Abraham's father. They're traveling to the land of Canaan, and it's where God. I say God. It's it, in the Bible. It doesn't really say God told him, but. He says, I'm going to Canaan, and it's the journey of him going to Canaan, but he finds himself in a city called Haran, and the whole story, he never makes it to Canaan, he settles in Haran, and so Genesis eleven thirty one 31 through 32, it says, Terah, I'm probably butchering it, I know my theologian, Peter, just said, bless him, Father, aren't you glad sometimes we don't know how to say all the names? son of Abram, which we know would be Abraham, his grandson Lot, who was the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarah, the wife of his son Abram. And together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. And then look at what it says. So they're on a journey. Did you know you're on a spiritual journey? Eternity is in your heart. God is pulling you to the destiny that He has, the promise that He has. It's deep inside of you. You may not even be able to articulate it, but God's pulling you, and so He's going. And look at what it says. When I read this passage, something happened inside of me. It says, "He it says they say that word settled." Say it again. Settled. Say it one more time. Settled there. When I saw that word. I felt the Holy Spirit awaken me. Have you settled? Have you settled? Because look, we see the destination is Canaan. They come to Haran and they settled. Then look at what it says. Terah lived 205 years and then he died in Haran. The problem with settling is you will die in the place that you settle in. So you think this is a moment the enemy's trying to make it your life. We get so comfortable with dysfunction. Have you ever, I, I know this, it's, it's like, they're messed up, man. They're dysfunctional. Have you ever said that about somebody? That no, you wouldn't. You're like, no, pastor. Oh, come on, hey, come on, for real, for real. And then you go to a counselor. I've been in counseling now for a long time. So I get, I get jealous of the ones God tells me, like, Gerald, it's going to be done in a moment. I'm like, God, why not? You know what God told me? Because you wouldn't have wrote the book if it had been in a moment. That book is my lifetime of counseling. That dysfunction, here's the problem with it. Dysfunction becomes so normal, you think everybody else is Abnormal. It's what you know. It's like, that's familiar. God says, I'm going to break what's familiar and show you what's from me. That's a prophetic word. You just release it. Just say, I receive it. So we say, why, why would they settle? First thing, Genesis eleven twenty eight. I think we see. Look at what it says. Genesis 11, While his father, Terah, was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans. In the land of his birth. So when we look at him, what we know is he was on a journey to Canaan. And along the journey, it was a long journey, but he comes to a city that is named the very name of the son that he lost. I wonder if it evoked a moment of pain. Like, oh my God, I, oh, I miss you. Pain fill your heart and it caused you to just Many times, be paralyzed. I remember Phyllis and me and Stephanie and Steve were on the lake, and uh, we were at a family camp, and we did this free time together. And we said, I'm going to go ride some boats. And I'm all about boats. he has got a boat. We go out. I love it. It's awesome. We go. And so we're out there, and he says, hey, I've never wakeboard." They said, you want to wakeboard? I said, you go first. And so you went first. And so it was all good. And he's out there, and whoever went first, they couldn't get up. And I'm like, hell yeah, 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 yeah. They tried a couple of times. It might have been Phyllis. I don't even remember who it was. Somebody's trying, trying. And then they said, you want to go? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll go. Your boy, I'll go. And I remember telling myself, I am not going to let go if this thing kills me. (laughs) Your boy. So I'm holding on. I'm holding on. Now, if you've ever been wakeboarding, you really need someone that goes like it's a dance. Like we got to do this together. Like it's a like we got to go together you know i've watched steve do it right it's like a together thing this brother wasn't together he was like 15 years old no no knock against 15 year old 16 year old but my brother had no he wasn't trying to dance a rhythm my brother just took off it was like <laughs> <laughs> and i held him i'm like i am not letting go and i held and that rope snapped and came back and popped my hand so violently why are you laughing I'm not a baby, <laughs> Phyllis. That was my wife giving me a, a courtesy laugh. So violently, it, it shook, my, my nail instantly turned blue. By the time I was in there, my, hand was, my finger was blue where it popped me. Yeah, come on, somebody. Aw. <laughs> I know. So I didn't say nothing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get in there. He's like, oh, you broke the rope. I was like, I wasn't letting go. He said, well, let's go get another rope. I said, go ahead. He said, "Well, you just get you back out." I said, "Oh no, I don't want to rob their time." And so, Steve, why don't you get out there? <laughs> and I'm sitting back there. You know what pain did? Pain paralyzed me. No, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. And to this day, we go out on his boat. We go on his boat often, Steph. The kids, they all do it. Your your boy, look, I ain't chicken. I'm just saying, but I ain't done it. And I'm good. I'm getting more mature. I don't need to do all that stuff. Pain will paralyze you. A traumatic moment that now causes me to not embrace an opportunity. Pain, pain, pain. Some of you have settled because of the pain that you've experienced in your life. I'm too old. I need you to know you're not too old. I want you to hear, listen, God's not done. God spoke that he is doing a tri-generational move. Three gener I even saw four, but I, I heard three. Grandparents with kids and grandchildren. Just come on, Lord. Let revival flow. You're not too old. Somebody told you you were too old. Somebody tried to start a business. Listen to me. And it failed. And I don't know why it failed. It doesn't even matter why it failed. But now God's speaking to you and you're like, God, I would do it. But clearly you weren't in that one. Are you sure it wasn't God? Maybe you had your faith in you and not him. But now you've recognized God. See, that brokenness comes in disappointment. Pain comes, but pain ought to point us to God, not cause us to freeze. And if you're frozen, then it's trauma. If you're frozen, the enemy is trying to keep you here so you settle. And a generation that needs the purpose of God in your life will go by. And you will pass, but not having fulfilled his purpose. I just want you to know this. With or without you, God's going to do this move. He don't need you, but he wants you. Don't settle. Second reason we settle. We get to a place of comfort. Now, we don't know everything about the story, and, and I even talk about it in the book. I, you know, you, there are some places in the Bible where we get to hear the dialogue. They're talking so you can hear the conversations. We've got a little more of a view. This one we're just sensing, you know, and I think God left it ambiguous because it's applicable. But for us, it's like we know that this is in southeastern Turkey. He would have traveled hundreds of miles, and Haran would have been a place of safety. Now, the road he would have traveled would have been lined up with robbers and thieves. And you got to imagine, he's an older man. And I don't care who you are, an older man, you're like, I'm not going to move that fast. I'm just not. And you just don't move as fast. And you get to a city where there's actual stable housing, commerce, wealth, business. And when you study it out, Haran would have looked a lot like Ur of Chaldeans. They say that he was probably an idol maker. You know, he'd make statues, a carpenter. I remember God called Abraham out to start something new. And so when he walked into Iran, he would have seen something that would have been very familiar. You can imagine, man, that's nice to have my bed and a house and the craft that I'm good at will actually make me some money and people. The, the, so I feel very familiar. So we got to be careful because I wonder if he didn't settle there because it was a place of comfort. Comfort. And the enemy, look, if he, if, if he can get you comfortable, he'll get you defeated. I wonder this if, if the blessing you're experiencing is not from God, but the enemy. I, I know. I know. I know. I know, God. What? Heresy. Really? 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 I can't believe he'd tell you that. Really? Tell me what you're doing with the blessing. Are you tithing? No, but God's still blessing me. Are you sure it's God? You sure that's God? Really? Devil, you've been exposed. Because the true blessing comes through obedience. I wonder if as Americans we haven't been lulled to sleep. It's the most dangerous in pain. We're like, oh God, my marriage is falling apart. Prayer at 6 a.m. I'm there. And you both come and you cry and you weep and you, God, heal it. It's broken. Then you start to see some restoration and you're good. I don't see you at prayer meetings. I don't see you at church. Where'd you go? Well, the blessing of God is sure. Did the enemy just take his hand off of you for a little while? I got him. I got him. Just See, I'm always worried when the devil's not messing with you. I know I'm meddling with you. I know you may never come back. That's okay. This is God's house. I'm concerned about the blessing having you instead of you. Having the blessing. Oh, no, that's not. Okay, okay. It's pretty cool. This is how cool God makes it. And I didn't say this earlier. I know, Phyllis, my empathetic. She's feeling the. She's like, did you just run our whole church off? I might have. I know. Pray, baby. Pray, pray. Intercede because they may not come back. And that's okay. It's okay. It's real easy to see. Show me your checkbook and show me your calendar. Oh, it ain't that easy. Oh, it's that easy. How much time you pray? What are you doing with your resources? Oh, you just want me to give to that church. Maybe we don't even pass offerings. I said no plate. You got to go and give it. You know why I felt that? From day one. Every once in a while we'll do a spontaneous. Well, we had not even done a spontaneous offering. Why? Because I felt the Lord say, I want them to intentionally put that in there as an act of worship. Not manipulation. Like I got to, you ain't got to do nothing. You ain't got to do nothing. I'm concerned. Listen, I'm preaching to my church. Why? Because we're raising up an army. We're going to be an example. The glory of God is in this house. I don't care. I'm doing everything they say will blow your church up. And I said, yes and amen. Let it blow it up with the glory of God. The power of God, the healing virtue of God. Look at what C.S. Lewis said, and we're about to close. Look at what he said. I sent this to Steve a couple of years ago. Hey, and let me just, I felt someone say, well, he's judgy. No, I'm not judging you at all. I'm gonna, In fact, I'm a... I'm going to share you some of my junk. <laughs> one of my best friends in the whole world said, he said, I know we boys because we tell each other stuff. Like, I share my stuff, and you're like, bleh, and then you go, bleh, and I go, bleh. And he's like, because if we ain't boys, only one shares. So I share my stuff with you. Now, God's taking care of me, I'm you know so you just don't worry about your boy. God corrected me. COVID-19 happened. My heart broke, not because of attendance, not because of giving. It's because of dream teamers. See, I expect the church, the crowd, those who have come to be entertained on a Sunday and feel good about your religious acts, I expected them to fall away. My heart broke from the ones that said we're all in with God, and they fell away. Where are they? Where are well, well? You didn't reach out to them. If you would have called them, are you kidding? Who are you talking to? I thought God called them. Who are you talking like? Because they didn't get a phone call, they didn't come back to the house of God. Ain't nobody ever called me. I've been in places where people have shunned me. Like, I had to fight. Come on. I'll go home. I ain't going home. And I got to call you to come back to church? Now you didn't come back. There's a couple reasons. This is the first thing. We didn't raise up an army. We raised up a social club. That's why. That's on me. But never again. That's been broken. We are raising up an army of men and women that don't have to be called. They don't have to be pampered. They don't have to be anything because they have been called from Almighty God on assignment to bring revival to the ends of this earth. If you don't like it, go somewhere else. I know, I know. Martha, when it's time, we're getting up. We're just going to get up. We're going to walk out that door. Bye-bye. Phyllis, I know. Good Lord, help me. We shouldn't have anointed this place yesterday. God consecrated this as an altar. This is the first time I preach from an altar, not a stage, not a platform. I repent, God, for the times it was entertainment. The times the lights had to be right. I'm sorry, God. The times I had to have a perfect drummer and a perfect keyboard and I went for talent and not the anointing. I'm sorry. I apologize. God, I repent. Never again will we let someone up here without the oil of God. God, I honor you. This is your church. Say whatever you want to say. Do whatever you want to do. Church ain't going to happen as normal. You say, why'd you do one song? Because I felt the Lord say, just deconstruct it. You better get here on time every week. (laughs) It's Jesus. Come on, you feel his presence? I missed it. I missed it on the dream team. I missed it. I built my kingdom, not his. And I'd say, you know, and I say it never intentional. And then I asked Phyllis, and I were talking about it. I thought, did I, did I miss it? I felt like God said, "No, nah, it's time." I had to do a perfect work. I cared too much. I, and I, I've always loved him with everything inside of me. I think that's how come he's been so merciful to me. I was talking to Peter. Peter told me the other day he is a man that I have given permission to correct me. He corrected me on that book. Can I just, I mean, I, I, this is so unorthodox. I'm just kind of telling you guys, thank you, Steve, my brother right there. Can I just tell you something? Like, even with the book, I just, I want to tell you my imperfections so that you can be at ease. So I'm writing the book. The Lord said, write the book. So I did. I sent it to Peter. I said, I need three people to look at it a theologian, a psychiatrist, and a businessman. God's going to use it to speak to all of these, and then my mom. Where's mama? So those were the four. Mama's an avid reader, and she just, you know, sometimes I got to be careful, though, because she, she's like, it's all good. I'm like, mama, it ain't all good. Tell me something that's not good. <laughs> that's, that's Jesus' sister right there. She, all right, give me somebody to tell me for real. <laughs> Peter sent it back. He said, do you really want my, I said, brother, I need you. He said, I said, this book is going to stand the test of time. So I need a theologian's eye. He said it's he said one of the chapters, the power of positive thinking. He said that's humanism. I'm like, who are you talking to, brother? No, I didn't do that. I didn't do that for real. He'll tell you. I said, tell me about it. He said God has thoughts that are not positive. And if we convince everybody it's all about positive thoughts, they'll miss the side of God that is not positive. It's not right. That's to make you feel better. God says things that are not going to make you feel better, but they will convict your heart. That's why I worry about a church where you always walk out. God just through COVID, you felt the Look, you're not always going to love it, but you're going to feel it. Days we're going to celebrate and you're going to be released with joy and days you're going to be released with conviction. And it's going to be whatever God wants to do. And I repented. I told him, I said, I'm sorry. Help me. Help me. Didn't I, Peter? Tell him. Stand up and tell him. Peter told me several times. He's like, Pastor, I'm worried. Like, he ain't, just say something real quick. They can hear you. Talk loud. This is an apostle right here. I'm going to give you $100 in just a little bit. <laughs> give him two. Bless that man. Bless that man. I didn't mean for you to talk about humility. I was just talking about the correction you needed to. But here's why I felt like it's got to stand the test of time. Look, what we're building is not for you. It's for the king. And don't you remember the passage that says everything we do is going to pass through fire. Wood, hay, or stubble. Or you're going to have gold, precious jewels, and gems. It's like, so what are we building? And so even this church, it's like, God, I repent. You know what I told him? I read a book that was released called As a Man Thinketh by A.E. Allen. Mighty man of God who missed it. Because it was the power of positive thinking. That's what it was. But thank God for the oil of the word of God that washes away tradition, that washes away humanism that has found its way into the church even paganism has found its way into the church. And I feel that right now. We break the altar of paganism. The ain't about you, it's about him. Father, right now we break it. God, in Jesus' name, we release your power to break pagan worship. Oh, we call it worship, but it ain't worship to you. Because worship invites your presence. And God, we've not always gotten it right. And we're not always going to get it right, but God, would would you dwell in this house? Come on, just tell him. I feel the presence of God, the power of God. Let it be, God. Let it be, God. Let it be. It's not a revival of convenience. What's the solution? I didn't write about this in the book. That's why the book wasn't released. I didn't know it at the time. I was a little frustrated, but God said it wasn't finished. We're writing it right now. You're a part of rewriting that book. Here's the key. Here's the key. Put it up on the, on the screen. You find yourself stuck. Oh, wait, let me, let me read this, and then we'll go back to that. C.S. Lewis. I want you to see this because this is, somebody needs to see this. This prosperity knits a man to the world. He feels as if he is finding his place in it while well, really it's finding its place in him his increasing reputation his widening circle of acquaintances his sense of importance the growing pressure of absorbing and agreeable work building up in him a sense of being really at home in this earth Ah, you're not here in this earth goes back to what he was saying this is what Peter told me he said listen what we have to do is we have to teach them there is an earthly paradigm and there's a heavenly paradigm we've lost focus we've lost focus we started to look at this and say yeah the blessings of God is it God or is it the devil I'm blessed and highly favored where's your power Miracles, signs, and wonders is what he said would be released through disciples. I don't see it, but I've asked God. God, would you let this be a place? I mean, what thirty-some odd miracles? Does it mean we're perfect now? But we're on the right path. We're on the right path. That I believe there's going to come a day where people will drive on this campus and fall prostrate, never having made it in the building, repenting of their sins. God, forgive me. Jesus Blind eyes opening as people just worship on the in the parking lot nobody even prayed for them but a touch of God they'll never we'll never know they were here but they came and left and carry that revival wherever they go why cuz it's not about you it's not about me it's all about him he has marked this place yesterday in prayer God said this is a place of five porticos This will be a place of truth, righteousness, purity, holiness, and healing. Mm. So what's the solution? Man, I don't know. I wasn't planning on. We didn't do any of that in the first service. God, have your way. Can everybody just say yes and amen? Yes and amen. Here's where it is. You say, what's the solution? Pastor, I feel like I've settled. I've settled. I've settled. Here it is. Simple, but it's not easy. Simple, but not easy. We repent and we re-engage. Look at what the word says, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our Say that word together. Say it again. It's a word that's not a trendy word. <laughs> Come on, pray in the spirit real quick. Come on, church. I thought we were at church. Y'all act like we at the mall. Where's the church? Rise up, church. There has been a move to cancel my word out of culture. Words like righteousness and sin holiness, purity. God says, I'm going to restore back to Robota, America. The foundation of this nation. ta, ta, I will cancel. I don't have to raise my voice. I feel the unction, so I'm going to tell you. The other day I had children begin to prophesy the word that God gave me. And that word was released in America. It was confirmed 24 hours later. I don't have to yell. I'm just, I just get excited. So I'm gonna still release it. Why are you doing this? Because you think it's emotionalism and I gotta boom my voice. No, no, it's the word of God from the holy altar of God. I will cancel the culture that has tried to cancel me. There has been a demon, demonic assignment, even in the church house, to change the meaning of words. But God said, I created word. I spoke, and there was. I hold the meaning. Robo to do Those words have power. And the men and women that declare it will walk in that power. Yeah, I see it. Here's what I see. I see prominent people being baptized in the Holy Spirit. The ones that have cursed God's word will declare God's word. A great revival is coming in culture. And I'm going to start from the top and work my way all the way down. CBS, NBC, CNN, Fox, they will show my work. Rasi pataha Ooh, did y'all see that shift? I felt it. You felt that, Ollie? It's not going to be private. It's going to be very public. I will break every altar that has been established to destroy. (laughs) Cannot destroy me, but I will destroy them. God said, I will take the very breath of those who oppose. Hey. Come on, keep praying, church. We had church. I thought we had church. Come on, this is God's work. Let me, I'm supposed to say this scripture. The Lord gave it to me the other day, and I didn't know why. Just say, lock in with me. Stand up for me. Just stand up. We're doing the work of God. If you want to go, you can go. Dismiss. Bye-bye. Love you. I know you got medicine and food and stuff. Go do it. God, I love you.